Over the weekend, President Trump criticized the result of the Kentucky Derby, where apparent winner Maximum Security was disqualified for running out of his lane, making Country House the, the, the winner. Uh, President Trump said this was not a good decision, the result of political correctness. So in other words, he's saying that the popular vote should have won. Mm-hmm. Hundreds. Hundreds of Justice Department officials say that President Trump is would be facing multiple felony charges stemming from the Russia investigation if he were not president. Lucky for him, his presidency protects him just like his man bra. Joe Biden's wife, Jill, says she told off her husband when he characterized President Trump as a clown. Dr. Jill Biden insists that going forward, he exclusively referred to the president as a, quote, Half-wit Neanderthal with sun-kissed skin and a mushroom dick, allegedly, unquote. A recent study found that the traditional white lab coat worn by doctors is teeming with bacteria and and drug-resistant, I'm sorry, is teeming with harmful and sometimes drug-resistant bacteria. Which is exactly why I asked my doctor to slowly remove it and make himself more comfortable. No, no. Take it off a little slower. And finally, according to the latest Rasmussen poll, 57% of Democrats believe that Trump is guilty of treason, which is the only time we've heard the term Democrat and 57% in the same sentence since 1996. The Trump Report starts now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Yes, welcome to The Trump Report. I'm Christian Blatt, joined by Laughmeister General, the greatest sense of humor that I could have on my left, <laughs> Chelsea Galicia. Hi, thank you for that. Uh, and then at the other end, and then of the a desk. real stick in the mud right yes. here. <laughs> yeah, the and, actual comedian. And uh, our friend Scott Moore. Oh, now I'm like just, just a casual friend. friend that- yeah. Oh no, we've definitely friend zoned you. You're definitely in the friend zone at this point uh, in, in the show. Uh, you know, uh, there's a there's a lot of exciting news to uh, talk about. Some of it uh, horrifying, some of it less than exciting. But uh, Scott, you weren't here last week, so mm-hmm. shame on you. No, no you no. weren't here last week, and I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on something we spent a good chunk of the show talking about, which uh, was this New York Times uh, editorial. It was really an article, but it, it was uh, laced with opinion. The question was, should a white male represent the Democratic Party in 2020? And uh, my answer was, if you, one, think they can win, and two, that's who people vote for in the primaries. What are your your thoughts on that? Should they be starting from a a point of winning or a point of we need to have something more representative of our party, whether we win or lose? Well, I think it's actually a little bit of both. I think um, it's going to be determined what the electorate in each state, like we were saying with the primaries, wants to have. Uh, Now, me personally, I'd love to see some new faces rather than... Joe Biden and recycling. You know, I'm pretty sure he has a new face from from about 30 years ago. I don't (laughs) know that this is the same face that he had back then. But anyway, go ahead. True. Like okay, but me personally, I prefer that. But um, I I think it. We have to go with what the majority of of Democrats are going to vote for, and if they collectively feel that Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders is the man to defeat Trump, uh, then that's going to happen. It's just so early to even speculate with so sure. many people in the field but part of the issue with so many people in the field is i think there will be people very shortly you know that are going to kind of rise to the top there and we're going to see what's 
what's left. But me personally, yes, I would love to see new faces and I'd love to see the new representation of what's going to be the future of America and not what's been in the past. But um, it'll be up to the voters. And we'll Is see. this your opportunity to announce that you're running for president? Yes. <laughs> right. I, just, I felt like that's where that statement was going. It seemed obvious. Uh, you've got my vote. So that's... Yes, yeah. I want to be the... the Are I don't you know, not 20, a white 20, male? 25th. But he's not old. He's I'm not old. old. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. a young white man. Yeah. And I'm gay, so I'm going to yeah. take the Pete Buttigieg Oh, man. Uh, Mayor vote. Pete would be like, come we're on! Gonna, we're going to split the vote. So uh, uh, that's what we're going to... We're, we're going to split the gay vote. Uh, and uh, one more uh, question for everyone on this. Uh, I think we're... Are we up to... I think we're up to 22 now. Mm-hmm. Is it early enough where that's not too many? Or, Chelsea, is there a concern that, uh, okay, it's getting a little silly that this many people are running for president it's hard to keep track of who's good i don't have room for concern about that Mm-mm. so you just <laughs> like they, the more the merrier all right i mean it worked out so well when what like 100, 150 people ran for that. mayor uh, i mean not mayor but governor of california uh i voted for uh, todd bridges i'm sorry what were you gonna say Tamara? i just love that phrase i don't have room for concern about that i'm gonna, just, I'm gonna be using that a lot now yeah, it's like reclaiming it's so, my time. It's, it's like that same kind of... It's so Scarlett O'Hara. I'm not going to think about that today. I'll think about that tomorrow. Uh, Tamara, as uh, as uh, someone who uh, writes jokes as part of her living, is there someone that you hope n- never stops running for president? Is there is there somebody that's a just a just a fountain of opportunity for jokes? I think every time a comedian has been asked, "Well, aren't you happy that Trump's president?" because mm. it's it's this fountain of of possibilities for you, and it's like, no, I'd I'd rather not. The folly. no, I'm just talking I'd about rather... the, about all the Democrats. Um. I want Pelosi to get who, in. But, who would yeah. be who would be who would be the best fodder? Yeah, I think they're all pretty boring, aren't they? Even Joe Biden. Yeah, because I'm pretty. Anno- he- I'm already annoyed at jokes about uh, the touching because that's such a non-issue to sure. most women I know, and to make jokes about that just seems so like really reaching for well, something no i look i i think that's a it's a solid point <laughs> so obviously. to speak reaching uh, for something reaching, <laughs> grabbing massaging for something uh no i think that uh, your uh, your opinion is is not in the minority there uh i i think biden was talking about how he he just last week talked to margaret thatcher about very much that same point uh and you know i think that uh there's plenty of other things to make fun of him for uh, yeah, for that absolutely uh but then not Something in terms of uh, jokes, but uh, his wife, Jill Biden, who I mentioned at the top of the show, was on the Today Show this morning, and she was asked about his handling of Anita Hill, which uh, comes up pretty regularly, and Jill Biden feels that, uh, you know, it's in the past, we, sh- we should move past it. Um, Anita Hill has not accepted his apology. Uh, Chelsea, do you think we should move past it just because it was a long time ago and people are tired of talking about it? Or should we move past it for another reason? Or is it, a, is it a still a fair question? Um, I think it's a fair question. This one, it's still, you know, boggles my mind. Last week, I saw a tweet exchange between... Please remind me of his name, the activist Sean. Scott Moore, he's right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I know it's hard to keep track, but. Come on, help me out here. Um, I don't, I don't Sean, know. he, a, lo- a lot of Black Lives Matters um, issues. Uh oh. I'm, 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 I'm not, uh, I'm, uh, the uh oh is because I have no idea what I'm um, his name escapes me, but he posted something. Is he a celebrity? Is he a Twitter personality? He's a, he's a very journalist? well known. I think he mm-hmm. is a journalist and an activist. Sean King. Okay. Yes, thank yeah. you. Oh. Sure. He tweeted something thank about you, Joe Biden uh, that he did a long time ago. It might, might have been how he, you know, 
helped this mass incarceration movement. And Simone Sanders, who I cannot for the life of me believe, who is now on the Biden campaign, who was in 2016 Bernie mm-hmm. Sanders' um, communications director, if I remember I'm sorry, correctly. I'm sorry to interrupt. Sanders, no relation? No relation. Okay, no. because she, if there was relation and she was on the Biden campaign, that's a fascinating <laughs> story that I didn't know how I missed it. Anyway, yeah. go on. Uh, her her response to the the tweet was, this was a long time ago. People evolve, people grow, people change. We should all allow to do that. Yes, I would agree. And some things that you did a long time ago say something about who you are no matter the time. Mm-hmm. You you can't, I think, be progressive just because now that is cool. You should have been the same, ideally, all through the past 30 years, something that some people give Bernie crap for. But actually, that is one of the endearing things is that he's been very consistent. So uh, I, I would say, yeah, some people change, evolve, and you can have room for them to, to do that. Um, but I think that this is a fair question because there's not really a, a, a solid response that he's given. There's not something really that says, oh, I can see how he was there and his his journey to his newfound uh, approach and appreciation for what she did in coming forward. And there's just not a, a an answer that's comfortable for people to understand their journey. If somebody changes their mind, evolves and grows, great. But tell us logically how that occurred. What made you change your mind besides it just became cool to listen to women and actually believe them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think that, uh, you know, you have a, a completely different issue that a lot of people have to sort of answer for is, you know, anyone who voted for an Iraq war that then they're like, oh, I wish I hadn't. But you can't pretend that you didn't vote for it. And like, just explain why you did. Uh, Tamara, it's sort of the same question. Is it time to move on from Joe Biden's handling of Anita Hill's testimony, like Jill Biden says? I also agree that it is. Who was the woman that responded to the tweet? Simone Sanders. Simone Sanders. Mm-hmm. I, um, I, I think I agree with her because if we're going to ask every white male what his opinion on sexual harassment was in 1992, I think we're going to not have any heroes. I think, you know, remember Hillary and Barack Obama both voted against gay marriage mm-hmm. in the early 2000s. So uh, people people evolve not just because of pressure for what society is putting on them, but I do believe that that pressure of what you are supposed to say as somebody who's a liberal person. But I do believe that that will also put uh, an open-mindedness into your head that you may not have otherwise had. But the difference, I think, is that, and I don't even remember what Barack Obama said, but I do remember that he uh, he acknowledged it and talked about what drove the change. And that at the time, I remember being like, okay, that makes sense. It's funny, I don't even remember what he said, but I remember my own sense of, oh, okay, that makes sense. I can, I can follow that logic. Here, I don't see that. That's fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, he may he might not have given any. You know, I, I haven't I haven't listened to his personal comment on the matter, so I don't know. I I generally do like when I hear him, uh, his feet held to the fire on anything. I do usually like whatever response he has to it. I haven't listened to what he's had to say about the Anita Hill case. So yeah, I mean that's fair. I can if somebody says you, you're saying you don't like the way that he addressed it, um, but I but I'm just saying that like yeah, n- no surprise that this. The response of it's time to move on is 
not acceptable yeah, for me. Yeah. I don't know how it's it sort is of for like you. a condescending, dismissive. Like, it's dismissive. dismissive. It's it. minimalizing. Yeah. It's yeah. diminishing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But but I'm I'm just saying I I think we would be hard pressed to find somebody in Joe Biden's position who was on Anita Hill's side. At, at that time, in that era. Well, a, 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 a very different time where, you know, a Republican-nominated uh, Supreme Court nominee uh, would actually get a hard time from both parties instead of just the, uh, you know, the opposition party. Uh, you know, I think uh, there's a lot of people who are guilty with the handling of, uh, of that situation. Uh, you know, I mean, it obviously is something that could very well have... I don't know. I think people were maybe surprised that uh, Clarence Thomas was uh, was nominated after the fact, but now it just I don't know. It just seems so crazy, you know, when you think about like how long he's been there. Um, but the uh, longest now, modern, you know, out of every, everybody on the court. So yeah. So uh, yeah, I think I don't. Know, I think it's always a fair question, and, and I don't know. I think just you know Biden and and Mrs. Biden just should have a good answer. Well, you know, if that happened today, this is how he mm-hmm. had to handle it, you know, and he you know he regrets that he handled differently at the time. Don't don't you can never get angry when somebody has a question, especially, you know, with with any of these sort of issues. I do, I will say that exact response though. What did he say? Uh, let's move on from that though. Well, this, and, that, and Jill said this. Oh, yeah. Jill said that. Yes. Okay, I do feel that what has helped Trump and so many of the Republicans get on the side of their base is that willingness to be dismissive about things like. Yeah, I said it. Let's move on. You know, whereas Democrats tend to apologize and apologize and fall over themselves, you know, apologizing. So, uh, again, I, I'm not defending. Yeah, we're looking for logic. I, I'm not defending his response <laughs> yeah. at all, but I'm just saying I do think it could be in his favor to be a little bit more. Bra- I mean, the, Bernie's like that, like unapologetic, uh, sort of like. I, I say, you know, like, I, I say what I want, I do what I, that's not, I mean, Bernie's never said that, but I'm just saying, no, but, like, the, but the, the spirit sort of is, this yeah. no-nonsense attitude of, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm just not apologizing. I, I do think that could help, that the, we do need that a little bit more in the Democratic Party. Uh, well, uh, I wanted to uh, start with our legal counsel here uh, to my left, uh, Chelsea Galicia. The uh, White House is instructing uh, Dom again not to comply with the Democrat subpoena. I don't understand any of this. Mm-hmm. D- 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 does he have to? Can he do it if he wants to? Or, I don't know, what, what, what are the rules of this? And, and is it, as always, just subject to interpretation, so it's hard to say? Kind of. Okay. But we can, let's go big picture. First big picture, Congress is a co-equal branch of government to the executive, in other words, to the president, and they ha- and Congress has the responsibility for oversight of the executive. Okay. So we're coming from that angle first. So subpoenas in, uh, you know, trying to obtain documents and testimony in an effort to provide the oversight that they are, you know, constitutionally obliged to do. You know, there's a, a, a major. Um, that's a major win for 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 the Congress's desire to subpoena these records. Okay, the exception that I believe the president and I'm hearing the Republicans say is that well, this is the president's counsel, so there's such thing as attorney-client privilege. Except that Don McGahn was not President Trump's attorney. Don McGahn was the White mm-hmm. House counsel, which is different from being somebody's personal mm-hmm. attorney. That's one thing. Second thing, Don McGahn is now just a regular civilian. He no longer works in the White House. So, sure, he could uh, testify or provide whatever documents are being subpoenaed. 
the Trump administration can sue to try and stop him or do whatever they want to stop him. And but they cannot stop it altogether. If they win, if the Trump administration wins at all, it would be to prevent McGahn from answering certain but very specific and narrow questions. Because if there is any privilege, it is very narrow. So it's not a blanket like you just can't get up there at all. But it's, it would be uh, very narrow. But this is all just to say that this is a long shot for them to just delay and not comply. But the Constitution is on the side of the House who's trying to subpoena these records and testimony. Uh, and then sort of a, a similar issue uh, in terms of uh, whether or not uh, the Attorney General Barr can be held in contempt uh, for refusing. Uh, is, is, you know, is his current job give him sort of privilege that he wouldn't have otherwise? Um, the job does give a lot of privilege. But again, you, you when a co-equal branch of government is doing its constitutional obligations of oversight, and within that, they need the Attorney General to... Uh, cooperate, um, the attorney general must cooperate. Mm -hmm. So uh, to be uh, held in contempt would be reasonable and lawful. Mm -hmm. But uh, if if you had to guess, uh, Tamara, are we going to hear anything from either of these guys? Um, Anytime soon, let's put it that way. (laughs) They'll they'll both write books at some point, (laughs) but uh, right now. Uh, these guys, do you mean McGann Republicans and, and Democrats? No, or McGann, McGann and, and Barr in particular. And, and yeah. Barr, are we going to hear from them? Say yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I th- I, you know, Jackson, um, I'm pretty sure you were leading the witness counselor. <laughs> I hope you don't do that in court. Uh, my counsel has yes. advised me to say uh, affirmative. Um, I do not, I, I think every time we're holding out hope that something is going to be in favor of uh, the truth. Yeah, mm-hmm. the truth. And it justice. always works out in Trump's favor. So I, I doubt it. And, and uh, the protocol. I was going to say, and just proper protocol that we've always lived by until this president decided to throw everything away. Um, I, I would say McGann before Barr, just because he is a private citizen, and I think there would be more of a push on pressure on him to come in. Barr can continue to use his position and, you know, to, to push back and, uh, and I think at some point either they'll, they'll try to do something like contempt and then they'll move on to try to get Mueller to come in because that'll be something they want to hear from more than, than Barr, who's clearly lying. Uh, and that's the other issue is that you have this setup where Barr is acting like he's personal attorney general to Trump and not to the American people. And that's – I would say it's, it's – I wouldn't say – I don't want to say smart because that's not the right word. But the, the delay tactic, that's all Trump knows how to do. It's sue, sue, sue. So that way it delays everything. And as we saw with Eric Holder with the Republicans, that didn't even get resolved until well after he and Obama were out of office. So Trump's hoping that he can push this enough until either he's out of office or it, it's off the, the, the front pages where people aren't going to be talking about it anymore. So it's a it's a good tactic on their end. It's it's a really bad tactic when you're talking about American democracy and holding up what was uh you know, both ends of the bargain here where you knew that there was congressional oversight with a co-equal branch and people responded to subpoenas seriously and, and didn't um, push back. So it's it's a really shameful uh, day for democracy. And again, kind of like going back to Harry Reid and Mitch McConnell in the Senate, we're setting really new, bad, low standards for the presidency for future presidents as well. And it's, it's, it's really sad. 
Uh, speaking of uh, you know a travesty and shame, it was a pretty bad day for comedy with uh, Representative uh, Steve Cohen uh, becoming a prop comic with uh, the little chicken and the bucket mm-hmm. of chicken. Uh, Tamara, as a comedian, you must have appreciated just how funny that was, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm still laughing on the inside from that. There's uh, there's nothing that Congress, a, a, po- a politician would ever do that's funny, haha. But <laughs> there's funny. I see you. Okay. <laughs> it's like uh, it's, it's like if your if if your kid tells a knock knock joke, you're like, all right, sure. Yeah. Yeah, that, oh, that was cute. But uh, then I, I did see Kellyanne Conway today said like um, she sort of she she was like bringing in chicken to make a point. I mean, come on, as if her party is so above such tactics. Um, <laughs> Herself. But yeah, Jeez. like it, it is an example of you know Michelle Obama said take the high road, and I don't think that's the high road. But the but, chicken road. Well, yeah. I mean it, it did cross the, the, the delicious road. The chicken did cross the road. I mean, what did there the chicken we, cross the high road to get to the other side? Yeah. We will get to the bottom she, of this. Michelle didn't put that in the speech, so we don't know where to stand yeah. on this issue. Like, it's, I guess it's very complicated. Uh, Scott, um, do you do you um, have any ideas for what? President Trump and Vladimir Putin might talk about on a phone call for 90 minutes. Uh, if, if you just had to guess what a couple of the bullet points might have been. I was like, it's Trump groveling to Putin, telling him how wonderful he is, how great he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then then Putin's probably saying the same thing back to Trump, um, you know, how, how great he's doing. And I mean, I can't believe we egos. get to, like, this is, like, a joke. Like, this is a nightmare. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. Um, and it goes back to the point again, and, and I said that in a tweet, it's like, including in broad daylight it's like after we went through all this now he's like throwing it right in everyone's face like just talking openly to putin and not even discussing election meddling which was the the whole gist of the whole thing which again i i we talked about this a couple weeks ago i don't even feel like we as democrats need to step forward too and make sure that we are making sure all precautions are met for next year i mean did i hide under a rock but is that not Treason when mm-hmm. our intelligence agencies say this Mueller report says mm-hmm. they interfered and then they just well, that's why about I said it was colluding war. in broad daylight here. Like they're just having conversations for 90 minutes that we have no idea what they're talking about and then they don't even get and to the just, important things like protecting uh, American and is ability there, there's to not vote a recording safely. or notes or anything. We will. There's a translator, never. aren't yeah. there? Aren't there I mean, translators? I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sure they have a number of recordings in, in Russia. You know, I'm, uh, but uh, whether whether we have them or not, I feel like. Well, you know, oh, if only Julian Assange wasn't in jail now, maybe he could have gotten those. Except he wouldn't have shared them with us. But uh, I think that uh, you know, and I'm not the first ones to point this out. But it, you know, when he summarized the, the conversation, President Trump uh, just. Shows how what a tenuous relationship he has with the truth, if there is one or not. He talks about the phone conversation, and you know this this isn't like he didn't FaceTime with Putin, although I'm sure he has before. Uh, and he talked about you know saying like hey, how about that collusion, and he he said that Putin smiled. And first of all, I don't believe that Putin has ever smiled. Second of all, if you're on the phone with him, how do you know that he smiled? So you're just embellishing the conversation, like right right off the bat, and you know. Look, I do believe that he said, uh, you know, it started as a mountain and ended up a mouse. All right, yeah, that sounds like something that, uh, that, that, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, I think Putin's English might be better than Trump's. But, uh, Uh, I, I, you know, and I I mean, it's like, I don't know, maybe it's something that'll be a lot funnier like 20 years from now. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, 
it's still a little bit funny because you're just like, oh, he's just he's not even trying, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I guess I don't know. I guess is it better that we know that this phone call took place than you know? I don't know. A month from now, it's like, uh, what is this report about you talking to Putin for ninety minutes? Which one's better? Like, show us <laughs> what you're doing, or uh, do it in private, like uh, like presidents always do, Chelsea. I, I, I don't mean this, but like everything's usually I mean, private. I, I have no, I, almost no idea. I mean, there are we are the there White House logs anymore. Remember when they the administration did away with that, where all visitors used to have mm-hmm. to like sign in, and and then they did away with that. So I don't know. Maybe this is um, not the only conversation that's been had, and they just kind of said, let us know about this one, so that if any of them do come out, they're like, oh yes, we told you all about mm-hmm. that. And yeah, I mean, maybe it's their regular Thursday conversation. Like, they always talk for an hour and a half. This is the one that they talked about. It, Thursdays with Vladdy. Mm-hmm. I would watch that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if he's, if he's on the cell horseback with his shirt off, why yeah. not? Let's see what he's up to. Um, I mean, treason, providing aid and comfort mm-hmm. to our enemies and, and a country that interferes in our elections is... By definition, not an ally. I, I don't. I don't think you've heard Chelsea, but I've heard many times that there was no collusion. I've heard our president say it. I've heard it on the news and several outlets. So I don't even and know what you're Trump talking about. And that Trump repeated that. You know, Vladimir Putin said that that there was no uh, <laughs> interference. And yeah. like, just like, oh just ex- well, if he said it, then yeah, it course. must be true. And I don't know if you've you read the report, but then you would see, oh, that that smells of collusion, and by some definitions, would meet. The definition, um, you know, one Even of the though it's not a legal standard yet. Mm-hmm. This doesn't literally uh, feed into what we're talking about, but again, it's a legal issue, Chelsea. There, uh, we've heard a few times in the last few days that, you know, looking at the Mueller report, if Trump wasn't president and he did everything that we know about in there, he he would be up on some kind of charges. So, mm-hmm. is the expectation when he's not president anymore that it's like, all right, now let's take the time to do this? Or they're just like, you know, at that point, it won't matter? Or, I mean, do you think it'll happen while he's I don't know if this has president? ever happened in the history of our country. So I don't have any precedent mm-hmm. to go off of. Um, I can only imagine that the more investigation go, there's going to come something out of probably the Southern District of New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't believe something hasn't come out like emoluments related. But again... We should have found we should know more, except that the Trump administration is not turning anything over. So um, hopefully I because I, I would like an answer to the question, is the president or his family gaining financially from his position? That should be an easy. Well, answer. define family. Do you mean Jared? Because yes. you know, I mean, he married into the family, mm-hmm. so uh, then the, the answer is probably yes. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm just saying probably. Well, then that's a violation mm-hmm. of the emoluments clause, and well, wouldn't just hiring your family members be yes to that? Apparently, nepotism mm-hmm. isn't exactly the yeah. same as financial yeah. gain. You know, it's a great mm-hmm. point, and you know who I feel bad for. Roger Clinton, because the president's brother, I mean, he, he didn't even get, like, you know, he didn't even get to, like, host SNL or anything. Like, he didn't get to really cash in, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, the Bushes have done a pretty good job. I think they've all been, you know, governors of somewhere or another at some point. But, uh, I, I, you know, everybody gets to do something except for Roger Clinton. So, Roger, 
This is an invitation. If you'd like to come on this show, please let me know. You can tweet me at Christian DMZ. I will. I hope he's still alive. Yeah, I know, right? I was like, is he? I just realized. I, like, I know. It's or maybe been that long since we've heard of Roger Clinton. I think Uh-oh. a couple years ago, but. Well, you know. I don't know. If you're in jail, you, you, know, you, get, you still get to use phone calls. It's fine. Um, you know, I know that, uh, that Chelsea is interested in talking about the economy. And before we dive into the specific thing, um, this China thing is going to end well, right? I mean, every I mean, everybody just agrees that China the, thing. This this whole China thing just can't go. I hope nobody needs a refrigerator, a washer dryer, or Chinese food. No, <laughs> no it doesn't really come from China. It's fine, right? Uh, because we pay those just in case you've been, I don't know, talked into believing that it's China who pays the tariffs. Um, but uh, there, there have to be, I don't know, there have to be people saying like, well, you know why this is a bad idea? I mean, you have to figure. That whether they're people that have official jobs in, in the White House or they're people who at least understand, like, you know, he, he, here's. Well, that's here's, why Cohen, the. What was his. Was treasury or. Oh, Gary Econo- Cohen? Yes. The, oh, yeah, yeah, not Michael Cohen. That's, yeah. a, Cohen, that's yeah. a different story from, from yeah. Goldman Sachs. Right. So yeah. people around him have been telling him, but that doesn't quite matter. But that goes back to what I was saying before, you know, everyone's talking about giving Trump credit for the economy. And I. I've said time and time again, it's in spite of, not because of him, that this has been ongoing. And, and mm-hmm. like everything else in life, he was handed a good economy. He didn't do anything. And he's done everything in his power to mess it up by throwing tariffs in there and other things like this. And we saw the stock market say dropped about 500 points because of the concern about these tariffs. So it, it's, again, he's not doing anything to help the economy. It's just been lucky that it's been continuing and- on this 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 string uh, without slowing down, and he was handed it. And, and what are conservatives attributing to him as a as a result? The economy as a result of what cuts. that the he tax has cuts done, and that he's that it's you know it, that it's gone up in in um, the lowest unemployment numbers and everything else over the yes, past. Yes, let's you know. let's. Well, so and and then uh, so you have a conspiracy, and uh, what uh, what name did we settle on before uh, we went here? I think the brilliant Tamara mm-hmm. came up with the best one. It's <laughs> called the economy lobotomy. Yes. Um, because it doesn't make sense. And here is my thought that, you know, the jobs numbers have come out, the, you know, record number of jobs have been created, even though it went down, still a lot of jobs have been created. The GDP growth, three point something or other. Wow, that's great. Uh, unemployment numbers way down. Everybody is employed and should be making a ton of money. S ton of money. <laughs> and yet. F ton. And yet. Inflation is low and wages are still basically stuck. And they'll say, oh, but it's grown 3% from a year ago. 3% from a year ago is what it should have been if the economy was just meh. So for an economy to be so hot and for wages to still be stuck when they have been st- like this stuck for like 30, 40 years, they should have just like, you know, clearly I don't use weapons, but like slingshotted forward <laughs> in this hot economy. Yeah, that is not how you use a slingshot. <laughs> <laughs> Even Bart Simpson and, and Dennis and Menace know how to use so, a slingshot. So the, the numbers don't add up. The, also, uh, is a slingshot of sports equipment? <laughs> I'm just weapon. imagining, you know, the, the, the wages have been held back, 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 that you think when they would like be released, they would slingshot forward. So... Here it is. I, I, I 
here, you know, even people ask Jerome Powell, how, what, inflation, how is it so, well, we don't really know. We're going to tell you what, uh, you know, we're just watching. We don't need to raise rates. And, you know, I know the White House wants us to cut rates, but, you know, not going to do that. We're just going to wait and see and see if something is not transitory. Um, and I've listened to plenty of economists and nobody can really answer how is it that with this way hot economy, that inflation is what it is, and the wages are what they are. And so it's led me to believe that the Trump administration might be fudging with the, the numbers. Well, they're the ones that always said that Obama was doing that. And so you know, every time you hear Trump say something like that, then you know that he's probably doing what he's projecting on other people. That I had not heard that before, yeah. but that just, now I'm sure of it. <laughs> You know, either he, you know, because companies report their numbers Mm -hmm. and who's to say he's not influencing them in some way to alter what they report or that his administration would tinker with the numbers that have been reported to him. And I know people are going to say, oh, but you don't think he's tinkered with the stock market. Maybe not. But the stock market is not the same as the economy. What I'm talking about are these numbers, job numbers. um, Yeah. How can employment be so low? Unemployment be so low when... Every half of the people I know are unemployed. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I remember a a number. It wasn't even really a number, just sort of a a concept that was thrown around a lot during uh, the Obama administration. This was a theory that came out a lot from the right, was that unemployment numbers can be low because when you're on unemployment, it runs out after, depending on the state, maybe six months, maybe Mm -hmm. a little bit less, maybe a little bit more. So at that point, you're no longer counted. Mm -hmm. So are there just like there were during, you know, the really, you know, 10, 11 years ago, you had a lot of people that were unemployed for so long that, yeah, they Mm -hmm. couldn't collect unemployment anymore. Uh, Chelsea, is it possible that uh, there's a, a number of that out there? Because I don't know. I mean, uh, we have maybe people on this show who are uh, unemployed or barely employed. Uh, Scott is very employed, though, so <laughs> that's why he's always too busy to be here. Uh, and yet he doesn't give us a job. But uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, could that be? <laughs> that's why. I'm, yeah, that's why I'm still employed. That's why you still have a job. Yeah, mm-hmm. because it's like you give away your job to somebody yeah. else now. Uh, but uh, is, I don't know. Is that? A, and I, I wasn't even thinking of this that, until you guys were talking about that, it. That that would not, as I could see it. Impact wages. Okay. Um, no, so, but could there be a lot more people who are unemployed but not on an unemployment? Well, I would say that there are a lot of people, and this was also thrown around a lot in the Obama administration during that time period, of being underemployed, where you're having people that are working, but they're having to work multiple jobs or do side gigs, like driving Uber or Lyft, or whatever it is to be able to make enough money. Like, people are working, but they're not getting paid enough, kind of going back to what you were saying, Tamara, and there was still even that article again, you know, uh, in the LA Times over the weekend about just health insurance and how horrible it is and how so many people, even though they're both uh, couples uh, uh, with a family, are working and they have company insurance that they still, with with such high um, uh, deductibles deductibles that they are barely making ends meet and they're still, uh, like half of Americans don't even have $500 in cash to cover an emergency. emergency to cover emergency health care. So to say that everyone's doing great is kind of a, a false narrative here because people are underemployed and people are having to work two or three jobs just to be able to get by. They're working from 5 in the morning to 11 at night to be able to make ends meet. And is that 
does that mean that we're doing great with a great economy? I mean, I, just, just right here life? with the four of us, do we know of people who are just, Absolutely. you know, mm-hmm. all of a sudden doing really, really well? Scott. Like, <laughs> No, but, but then, even but in the pet industry, you know, yeah. he's saying that 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 budgets shows are, are tightening, shows yeah. are going away, companies are saying we don't want to pay anymore, they're cutting budgets, and to me, that's the first warning sign that the economy is not as strong as it was when you're cutting back and you're saying we're tightening our budgets. Um, that's never a good thing when companies are saying that. So I and these are not small companies, right? These are big, big Fortune 500 companies that are starting to say that. So it does lend yourself to believe that even if the numbers have been truthful and not fudge that we're reaching that point where there's really nowhere else that we can go and especially the duration of this expansion and already throwing out tax cuts during an expansion not waiting till you have a recession things like that that they don't have anything else at their disposal now and, and i'm gonna and, reach out to adam schiff and make sure he looks into this yeah i think that. you should because now that you i feel like if we just get the word out about this theory <laughs> and i hate to like it does it sounds it's so conspiratorial and i feel like uh, any conservative listening right now would just be like, okay, they're just going off the rails now at this point. But it's <laughs> it's but, but once you put that idea in somebody's head, they're they're going to start to uh, be like, no, wait, right. wait a minute. Fox I, News is great at that. But here's the thing: even Trump Republicans, I think, and let's see if Storage Yard resident would agree. You 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 can't say that you you can you would put that past Trump, right? People, I mean. I, 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 what are you going to put past him at this point? You know? Nothing. I mean, that he, well, that's would, what I mean. he would tinker, change, alter, fudge numbers. Well, that's the that's only thing. The, he, that's the only thing he has. And again, too, of anything the least that he I, I, I never think he's going to actively do anything. Oh it's no, gonna, he's going to tell. He's going to have people like, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. I don't want to hear about it. Yeah, you know. Uh, uh, and when you said three million, that's three hundred thousand. I mean, that's that's the last thing he has, and if that goes away, that's the only thing that he really has that people. Or at least someone in agreement, like you were saying, that's that he well, the economy's been good under his. And, his and Scott, when you run for president, you're going to bring all this up in the debate uh, with course. Trump. Uh, because we only have a couple <laughs> minutes, I wanted to talk about uh, the New York Times has uh, gotten their hands on ten years of uh, tax figures from President Trump. Now it's for the years 1985 through 1994, so they're probably not exactly Yawn. what you want. Yeah, but uh, who's surprised to hear this summary? The uh, tax numbers for the years 1985 through 1994, quote, paint a far bleaker picture mm-hmm. of Mr. Trump's deal-making abilities mm-hmm. and financial condition than the one he has long put forth. And to me, that's always who says, why he... Who this said is, that? This is a... It, well, it, the news source is MSN looking at the New York Times investigation. Uh, that's the link that came up. So that's the link I looked at. Uh, and so this was always my thinking and why I was most interested in seeing them is super rich guy, guy who says he's super rich, probably not as, as liquid as he'd like to have mm-hmm. you think. Uh, so, uh, Scott, are you surprised by this? And uh, no. what else do you think could be found in there if maybe you get the, the subsequent well, 20 years? I mean, I think that's what we, we, we talked about. One, he's clearly not as rich as he says he is, and mm-hmm. that's part of the reason he doesn't want to be embarrassed. Two, there probably are some, no some some conflicts. But, I mean, that's what he's round on, that he's a multi-billionaire, no, but, and if he doesn't have the liquid assets to... If, if he's as rich as he says he is, wouldn't he, like, make a copy of his tax returns for every But that's what I'm saying. So, it's like, no, no, look, look at all this so money So he have. doesn't have the money. He has some probably conflicts of interest. He probably hasn't donated a lot to charity, and so, you know, that'll bring <laughs> sure. things up. I don't know um, why that was so funny to me. <laughs> and... 
uh, and 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 you you add all that up together. Besides anything else and that might be in crazy there, crazy deductions, right? That he's probably like, paid zero taxes, and and right. so people would be very upset when they saw it. So I think even if there wasn't the conflicts of working with Russia or other countries and emoluments and all the other issues that we that they are still investigating. Um, and going back to that, I do hope that they they deal with it after office. But I think that that's the main thing is the embarrassment and knowing that he's a complete fraud. Um, and that he's, you know, a snake oil salesman, and that's uh, the thing that will take away just his a, image. Just a question, because I'm not sure. Uh, uh, alimony is a tax deduct- deduction, it right? It used, used to be. Oh, yeah. so at this point, was it? it, it yes. 85 to 94? Yeah. Yes, yeah, okay. then it was. That's yes. what I mean. Yes. All right. So that's going to yes. But, uh, yeah, so basically the uh, his core businesses, largely casinos, hotels, mm-hmm. and re- retail space and apartment buildings, ran up to uh, $1.17 billion in losses. So mm-hmm. this isn't necessarily surprising no. but it, it's indicative of what you might see if you get to dig further and mm-hmm. why you're also not finding anything because it's not like he figured out how to fix those losses like it's just gonna get yeah his management skills aren't getting any better through the years is what i'm saying no, he's a fraud and that's the bottom line of the first reason why he doesn't want to have his taxes out there well do you think he's a fraud audience <laughs> uh, let us know uh, in the chat uh, especially if you you know i the people who uh, hate this show that watch yeah, it. Yeah, I feel like this is going to be an especially <laughs> infuriating episode. Is President Trump a fraud? I'm not talking about as a businessman. I'm not even talking about when he becomes president. Is is the art of the deal really just not something that he knows that much about? Uh, and uh, I'd love to be convinced one way or the other. Or if they have a better name, I, I don't think there could be such a, be- a better name than Tamara's. <laughs> yes, economy, economy lobotomy. Economy lobotomy. But if yeah. there's it's something, pretty good. Well, it is good. Yeah, You're and, and it, doesn't, it doesn't need to make more sense than economy lobotomy. <laughs> uh, so uh, we, unfortunately, are indeed out of time. Uh, but I'd like to uh, do a, a little spot of promotion that if you like this show... You'll enjoy a show that I'll begin hosting tonight right here at AfterBuzz at 9 p.m. Pacific Time, dealing with a massive cover-up, lies, misinformation, deception, rampant corruption in the Russian government. No, it's not a series in the 2016 presidential election. It's Chernobyl tonight at 9 here on AfterBuzz. I'm Christian Blatt. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ChristianDMZ. Chelsea, where do people find you? At Chelsea Galaxia. Tamara? Find me on YouTube at Hey Tamara. And Scott. You can find me on Twitter because Jill Biden did not tell me that I couldn't call Trump an orange clown. Uh, S-Man 80, that's S-M-A-N 8-0. Personally, I find it offensive to clowns, but you know, <laughs> we can talk more about that next week. Thanks so much, everybody, uh, in the chat, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. founder Kevin Undergaro and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 